Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Audrey, and I'm your host. You can't always be happy, but you can always be brave. And that is the beginning of everything. The holidays can be a tough time, especially in moments of transition. At Worthy, we hear from a lot of single moms who decide to sell their rings this time of year as they rush to get holiday trips and shopping checked off of their lists. It's a crazy balance of a new year and a fresh start and a nagging feeling of traditions that just aren't the same anymore. That's why we decided to focus on this tricky balance of recreating cherished memories with embracing new beginnings with our Transitions and Traditions campaign. You may have heard about this fun chance to win $500 to Amazon. Yes, I said $500. (laughs) We put together a fun quiz that will tell you what your holiday style is, and then by taking the quiz, you are entered to win. You can still take this quiz and be entered now through December 17th, so make sure that you follow the link from our Facebook group, on our Instagram channel, We Are So Worthy, at our blog, worthy.com slash blog, or any of the other places that you're interacting with Worthy. We are also so proud of the content that comes from our amazing team of writers this time of year. Audrey Cade is one of our favorites, and she wrote this great piece about being thankful for her divorce that you all shared like crazy around Thanksgiving. We thought it would be fun to have her on to talk about some of our favorite articles this time of year and to focus on how the holidays really are for single moms and for women dealing with divorce. We also wanted to give you a heads up that we're going to take a short hiatus the weeks of Christmas and New Year's. We've got one more really great episode coming out next week, and then we'll be back in your feed starting January 8th in the new year. Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle is a weekly podcast, so make sure that you subscribe to keep up with new episodes we're curating to help empower and uplift you as you embrace your fresh start. This podcast is for you, so join our Facebook group, Worthy Women in Divorce, to let us know what you think and what you want to hear. You can also get more at worthy.com slash podcast. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back with Audrey Cade. When you sell a piece of jewelry, you can't control how much it's worth, but you can make sure that you're selling smart with a team of experts and advocates behind you at Worthy. Your engagement ring can be a financial asset that allows you to embrace a new and fulfilling life after divorce. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com slash podcast to learn more. The holidays are full of all kinds of challenges, and at Worthy, we really appreciate what this time of the year is like for you, and I'm so proud of all of the content that we are getting from the amazing writers, and we wanted to do an episode where we're kind of going through some of the amazing articles that people are writing for us and the voices that we get to share with you. And it was an obvious choice to us that if we were going to talk about these different stories that are being shared, that we had to have Audrey Cade back on because Audrey does such an amazing job of talking about the holidays and being considerate of all of the people who are part of her holidays now, but also giving herself the attention and the love that she deserves this time of year. So I'm really excited to welcome Audrey Cade back to the podcast. Welcome, Audrey. Well, thank you. And thank you so much for having me here. I'm excited that we're heading into the holiday season. And like you said, there's some extra obstacles in our path, but we can get through them. Right. And, you know, if we can get through 
a double Audrey episode, then you can get through the holidays. <laughs> We've done it before. We'll do it again. Hopefully you could, you could tell which Audrey is which. Okay, so I think the best thing to do is to start with the article that really inspired this episode. Audrey, you wrote something for us called, Is It Okay to Be Grateful for My Divorce? And we published this the weekend of Thanksgiving, and we weren't surprised because it was such a good article, but people really shared it like crazy. They commented, this could be about me. And basically, you know, we found that one of the most popular topics with our audience is this idea that it's okay to want a divorce. It's okay to be happy because you got a divorce. And, you know, divorce is not inherently bad. And I think that your article did such an amazing job of sort of identifying the positive things about, especially in this time of year, but also just in general, being divorced and and being able to focus on yourself. So we marked some parts of the article that I'm hoping you can read for us, and then we can talk a little bit about this piece. Sure. Late in my marriage, I felt so discouraged about life that I wasn't sure I had anything to look forward to. My children were still quite young, and I couldn't imagine what 10 or more years with my husband would be like, nor what the effect would be on my kids to grow up in a dysfunctional home. Divorce was my unlikely salvation. It was painful, but the promise that it held was a chance for a do-over and to do it right this time. Now that I am past the rubble of my divorce, I am able to see the freshness of a clean start and the possibilities that lie ahead of me. It's as though I've now been given a present. I didn't want to open it when it was first given to me, but now that I have, I have renewed optimism and enthusiasm for what tomorrow may bring. Appreciation isn't always offered for what we might expect. I certainly never thought that divorce would be worth my gratitude, but it has resulted in being one of the best things that ever happened to me. Some gifts don't come in the prettiest packages or may take time for us to recognize their potential and value. One thing that I know for sure is that divorce gave me an opportunity to become a stronger and better person, and now anything is possible. I think so many people who are listening to this can really identify with this feeling, especially for our listeners that are in the beginning stages of their divorce and maybe don't really have that foot in their next chapter yet, being able to look back on what that experience was through Audrey's eyes and and hearing her experience. I think it really brought so many people so much hope being able to look at it from this perspective and and find the silver lining. So you wrote this for us for Thanksgiving. How did you think of this topic and where did this come from? Well, I think it's just a holiday is kind of like a a milestone. It's something that, you know, comes about once a year and it gives you a chance to reflect on what's Mm -hmm. happened over the past year. And Thanksgiving in particular is a holiday about reflecting on what you're thankful for. And divorce is never anything I ever planned on. I don't think anybody gets married with with that thought in mind that, oh, I want to get a divorce one day. (laughs) But, you know, you find yourself in a situation like that and you can't imagine that this would ever be something you would consider to be a good thing or, or something that you could be grateful for. But yet I could see so many things that changed in a positive way for me as a result of going Mm -hmm. through a divorce and negative aspects of my life that were really diminished as a result of that divorce. And it has opened up positive things for me and for my kids. So I, I could actually see in a moment when you're, when you're trying to think about all the things that you're grateful for in life, that that was a, a really 
unexpected present. It was an unexpected gift in my life. And it's not one that I wanted to accept when it was being handed to me. But, Mm -hmm. you know, once I actually took it for what it was worth and I used it as an opportunity to create positive change in my life, it actually did end up being a good thing. Right. There's so much value in what you said. And and it's something that people can really relate to is that feeling and being able to identify the brightness that kind of awaits you as you're going through that transition, I hope brings a lot of positivity to people who are struggling to enjoy this time of year and also struggling to get through this chapter of their lives. We really recognize that challenge. And that's why we came up with our campaign for the holidays this year. It's called Transitions and Traditions. And it's really just a fun quiz where people can sort of see their holiday style. And it's not holiday style so much as like colors and things like that, but it it really has more to do with how you're balancing what made the holidays special for you in the past and what's making them special today and sort of finding the safe ground for you between what you were doing before and, you know, if it's different people at the table this year or you're celebrating the holidays in a different place with different people, you know, different foods, all the all of the things that make the holidays special for you and, and just sort of embracing where you're at right now. And I think that your article about being thankful for your divorce is it's sort of like being able to redirect energy to what matters to you this time of year. So we're so grateful that you wrote that piece. And I know it meant a lot to a lot of people. But one of the things that we know to be true is that even when you are able to find that silver lining, it just is tough, right? I mean, it's a new kind of holiday. It's a new kind of, you know, sharing this moment with your kids and, having to navigate that does present challenges. And even if you're being positive about it, it's just still going to be a part of your experience, right? I think that's what's the hardest about the holidays when you're facing something like a divorce or a loss Mm -hmm. of some sort is that the holidays are completely rooted in tradition. We're used to doing them the same way year after year. Mm -hmm. So when something changes about that equation, it just doesn't feel right. And so we can really stumble and scramble for a while to try to put the pieces back together in a way that feels right. And so I think especially in those first few years after you've gone through a major change like that, it just can feel like there's something something missing. And that's where we kind of have to reinvent the way the holidays feel for us, incorporate the parts from the past that are special to us, but definitely you know, not continue to do anything that's going to continue to make us feel bad about that situation that may be creating some new traditions together. Right. You know, one of the things that we hear a lot about, and and actually a lot of our writers mention this, is the the present wars between mom and dad. And, you know, when your kids are having multiple holidays and how easy it is for that to become a contest. And Dina Landon wrote a really great piece for us about this. And and she talked about how when she was growing up and her parents were divorced, she and her brother knew exactly how to play the situation to get <laughs> to get more from mom and dad at this time of year. And she wrote a really great piece about sort of like dealing with your ex. And we'll talk more about how your ex is just sort of a part of your holidays no matter what. And, you know, we know that when you have kids with somebody – 
it can feel like even though you're not together anymore, even though you've managed to separate your lives, sometimes it still feels like your life is revolving around your ex. And especially when it comes to, you know, scheduling and, you know, your kids need to spend time with their dad during the holidays too and and figuring all of that out. And it's especially challenging when you have an ex who is a jerk. And we know that a lot of our listeners do. Definitely. And, yeah. And so Dina shared a story. Actually, this happened to a friend of hers. So I'll just read it a little bit and we'll chat about it. She said, a divorced mom I knew saved and scrimped to buy her son the huge Lego kit he wanted, only to find out that her ex had bought him the same one and given it to him earlier. Instead of those squeals of excitement she'd been anticipating when he opened his present, her son just shrugged. Her ex knew that she had been planning to buy it, and he purposefully undermined her. So this, I mean, it just makes me so mad to hear that story. It's awful. (laughs) It's really awful. And that poor kid stuck in the middle of it. That's like not about the Legos. It's not about the little boy. And it's just a shame. Like here she was doing her best. And especially when the, the financial piece was a part of it. It's so hard to know that those things are a part of the holiday reality for so many people. But I will share a silver lining in this piece. And, you know, we're going to link to all of these articles at worthy.com slash podcast, and you can find them at worthy.com slash blog as well. But the silver lining in this piece is that after Christmas, she and her son went to the toy store to exchange it, and all of the Lego sets were on sale. So he got two instead of (laughs) so she returned that one and got him two great lego sets definitely a a great solution and a a good silver lining to the situation right right right. everything was on clearance after christmas so it ended up being a win anyway and of course they still had a, a beautiful holiday together as a family but you know we're talking about a lot of positivity and looking at this in uplifting ways. And we don't want to discount how, you know, sometimes you just are stuck in difficult situations that it's just not awesome. And that's sort of how it goes. But Audrey, you do an amazing job of modeling positive co-parenting behavior. And you wrote an amazing article for us called Five Ways to Unblue Your Co-Parenting Holidays, where you talked about, you know, how you split time and energy with your kids. And I think it would be great if you could read us a little bit of this piece and a little bit of your story with co-parenting. Sure. Not every co-parenting relationship is as harmonious as a favorite holiday carol, but the significance of this season and the need to make it right for the sake of the kids calls for a spirit of cooperation. I love my kids and want to spend every moment with them, but I know their dad does too. Additionally, our kids also want to celebrate the season with both parents, their grandparents, stepfamilies, and others. Sometimes we have to get creative to make it work. I love the way that you talk about this, and I think I I mentioned this in the beginning of this episode that you really keep yourself at the center of this, but you're so good at being considerate of your kids, of your ex, of the grandparents, the step families. I mean, you really are so good at identifying all of the moving pieces in this sort of balancing act. And while, you know, there is a range of reality here for for how high conflict your ex is or how well you cooperate together, but what would be your best tips for our listeners of how they can deal with their ex during the holiday season with schedules and, and all of the other stuff that you need to keep in mind? I think it's very easy 
to allow ourselves to become frustrated with mm-hmm. just the dynamics of the situation, the the schedules, and just the mere fact that we want to have the kids with us right. through all of the really special moments of the holidays. I think that I found that rather than just letting yourself become angry and, and sulking about what you're missing, you instead need to turn that around and just focus on what you do have with the kids and mm-hmm. really make the most and create as much magic as possible in the time that you do have together. And then you just have to, I, I guess I always find myself putting the shoe on the other foot. I, I realize that as much as I want the kids for all those special times during the holidays, well, of course their other parent would feel the same way. Right. So if I want respect to come my way. And if I want consideration for the times that are significant to me, then I need to be willing to give some of that. That doesn't mean I'm always going to get it back or maybe not to the extent that I would like, but you know that you can expect the situation to just devolve and become the worst possible situation if you're disrespectful and if you don't take into consideration what the other people around you need or want from the situation. So I think just the most cooperation and flexibility and everything that you can show just really contributes to making it run more smoothly. Yeah. I think you really nailed it with sort of what your mindset needs to be. I guess what kinds of things logistically do people need to keep it by? I mean, we mentioned like school events and then of course there's Christmas Eve, Christmas morning, New Year's Day. I mean, how do you identify all of the time that needs to get split and how do you figure that out? I mean, I assume like the Christmas concert at school is not in the in most people's divorce settlements. So how do you figure this really busy time out? <laughs> exactly. And and actually my daughter just had her Christmas orchestra concert on uh-huh. Thursday night this week. And that's just something that both of us have it in our schedules. It did happen to be over her dad's time, but mm-hmm. you know, absolutely I was there watching and her brother sat right next to me through the whole thing and we're just very respectful of each other in those situations because we know that most importantly it means the world for her to have everybody that she loves there. Right. So we want to give her that gift of knowing that she's being fully supported by everybody from both sides of her family. But as far as like the actual holidays, for many of us, that's completely dictated by the arrangements that were made during our divorce process. Right. So that can be very different from person to person. Mm -hmm. In my particular situation, we just agreed that we would each get a portion of Christmas Day. We really didn't spell it out real specifically as far as from the time that the holiday break starts and the kids are out of school, who Mm -hmm. would get them or anything. We just kind of stick to it's either your week or it's my week. But I know because I'm remarried, my husband with his kids, that is all very spelled out in their divorce arrangement. So just in our family alone, we've got two kind of very different sets of instructions that you really just kind of have to continually look back at what that paperwork says and refer Mm -hmm. to what the direction was that you were given there. And then, you know, if you have other personal circumstances, just try to work those out try to come to an agreement that makes the most sense for both 
homes and, and what's going to be the most stable and satisfying for the kids. And what kind of advice would you give to someone who maybe it's their parents or maybe it's their ex's parents? I mean, it's not just about you and your ex and your kids. Like there's a lot of people that want to spend the holidays with you. So how do you sort of explain that and make it work in the bigger picture of extended family? Well, absolutely. And I think that can be challenging for a lot of us because Mm -hmm. there may be in-laws and extended family and people coming from out of town and things like that. And how do you fit it all in? Right. So I think just like any of us, you may have to kind of set up a game plan with the calendar and prioritize what needs to happen and when it can possibly happen. In the case of my kids, it means the world to them to spend the time on Christmas Day when they're actually opening their presents with their step siblings. So, so even sweet. though our two arrangements are vastly different, right. their father understands that whether it's Christmas morning or it's Christmas afternoon, they want to be there at, at our house when their step siblings are going to be here. Yeah. So we have just kind of over time not really decided to stick to what the the paperwork says, but to instead go with what the children are saying is the most important to them and then just try to respectfully figure out what's going to give them the time that they need with grandparents and other people around that. Right. I think, you know, we're going to talk a lot in this episode about the balance between making the holidays for your kids and making the holidays for yourself. And sometimes it, it just like can be a conflict if your kids, you know, maybe they they have a, a new half sibling that's a baby and the baby's first Christmas is so exciting and so they want to be with dad more or maybe they're super close with their step siblings at mom's house and sometimes it, it just really has nothing to do with you it has to do with other people in the family and there just are a lot of moving pieces so I think going back to what you said before just sort of about that mindset I think that's sort of the best advice I think just being able to come at at all of this with compassion for others and for yourself and for patience for the whole thing. So we have a lot more to talk about. We have some other really great articles to share. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with Audrey Cade. Moving past divorce is hard enough without your old engagement ring staring you in the eye every time you open your jewelry box. Worthy provides the smart solution for women looking to safely elevate their rings from dusty relics of hard times to financial assets to help you embrace your fresh start. Worthy covers the cost of insurance, shipping, grading, and more. So if you're going to sell, sell smart with Worthy. Go to worthy.com podcast to get started. We're ready when you are. We are back with Audrey Cade, and Audrey, I want to share one of my favorite articles from this year. It comes from Stacey Freeman. It's called How Divorced Parents Can Help Their Children Through the Holidays, and we know that this is one of the biggest concerns that our listeners have because we hear so much about guilt that people have, and they're worried about if their divorce is going to ruin their kids' lives, and you know, it's not. It's going to be okay, but the holidays, of course, can be a really hard time for your kids, and Stacy wrote this really great piece sort of about how she tried to make it perfect, and it didn't work out, and I think it's something people can really relate to. So this is a, a longer excerpt. I had to stop myself from putting the whole article in this episode, um, <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and read it and then we'll chat about it. So okay. Stacy wrote, 
My heart was in the right place. It was. That doesn't always matter, though. As life has shown me, the universe doesn't seem to care as much as I would like it to or expect given my good intentions. Oh, well. I get that there's a plan and all. I'm just aware I don't know what it is. Making it that much more problematic when I go about figuring out what it is I can do to ease my children's pain and mine. Which is what I was trying to do when I booked a last-minute cruise to the Caribbean over the holidays for us almost two years to the day following my husband's decision to live in Hong Kong full-time. The last thing I wanted to think about was our final family vacation, which preceded the end of my marriage by a matter of days, yet that's the situation I created when I tried to run from the inevitable. It wasn't the itinerary that was the problem, far from it. Three nights in Houston, followed by a seven-day cruise to Costa Maya, Belize, and Cozumel, which was to be a welcome reprieve from the cold weather and memories of holiday time when I was married and my children's dad lived at home. Starting with our arrival in Houston, it was, but from the moment I set foot on the ship, I realized I had made a mistake. Although I know this couldn't have been true, it appeared that every family on the boat was a complete one, except for ours. Most tables at mealtime included a dad. So did the family portraits we watched the professional photographers take throughout the trip as we stood in line for our own. My kids were not well-behaved during many occasions that week, and I attribute some of their bad behavior to them acting out because they felt sad in an environment which underscored what they were missing rather than being in one that would not draw attention to it. When you set about trying to forget an incident or situation, you only draw more attention to it. That's what I did when I tried to replicate the feel of a family vacation during the holidays that we had already taken. As the parent, you're in control whether you like it or not. Because of that, you have the power to set the tone for the day and, by default, your children's moods. Kids take their cues from us, even older ones. If we're angry or sad, they'll feed off of our energy and become the same way, making the present conditions that much more difficult for anyone in their path, which is usually their siblings. Enough said there. Being the family mood ring is a lot of responsibility and can get to be unbearable when all you want to do is crawl under the covers and cry. Save it for later. That's what the bathroom is for and your bedroom once the kids go to sleep. In the meantime, get into the fresh air, cook dinner together, go out for a meal. Whatever you do, remember to engage with your children. The great thing about energy is that energy is free-flowing. As much as we empower our kids, they do the same for us. Yes, the holidays are all about giving, but sometimes it's okay to receive too. And our kids have a lot to give us if we let them. So this is most of that article. (laughs) And I really loved it because I think, you know, she starts by talking about how her intentions were good and it just like still did not really work out for them. And it was a tough time. And I have been on those family trips where, you know, it's supposed to be great and it's just not. And it can be so painful getting through that when, you know, the intentions are good and it just, you want so badly to give your kids that happy holiday experience. And if you miss it this year, you know, it's not the end of the world. There's so much pressure to have a perfect holiday season and perfect holiday season doesn't exist, right? It really doesn't. 
then the holidays are all about family. And Mm -hmm. so I think that, like she says in the article, it almost underscores it when you're in a situation where you feel like your family doesn't look like everybody else's family, but that's just it. There is no such thing as like the normal family anymore. So we can't really beat ourselves up about looking different or celebrating different or anything. We just have to make our own way. Right. I think when you want to be there for your kids and you're feeling this pain and you see that same pain reflected in the way that your kids are experiencing the holiday, it just adds to the pain. I mean, it's it's hard. And if that's something that, you know, you're listening and you're thinking that's it's inevitable, that's what my holidays are going to be like this year, you know, we know Stacy and we know that her family's doing great and Her kids are, you know, heading off to college and everybody's happy and she has a good relationship with her ex. And one bad year does not make a bad childhood or a bad family or, you know, ruin the holidays forever. Sometimes it's just not going to be great and that's okay too. It is. And it takes some time to adjust for everybody. You know, and, and again, I think that so much of that is because the holidays are just rooted in tradition and we expect it to be a certain way. And mm-hmm. when it's not, it just seems to suck all the joy out of it. But we do all find our footing and we do make our way and the joy is still there waiting. It may be next holiday, but, you know, we, we can still find a way to enjoy it and kind of recreate it. Right. I think, you know, one of the things that, that you've written about that, I loved so much is the way that you talk about what it's like to be a mother during the holidays. And actually, you wrote about this in in your piece about co-parenting, and this sort of can help shift perspective as well. So do you want to read this excerpt about what it's like to be a mother during the holidays? Sure. As much as I eagerly anticipated holiday events such as Christmas morning when I was a child, I can honestly say that it's just as exciting for me as a parent. Motherhood has offered me a whole new level of holiday joy as I prepare for gold star dates on our calendar, including making or finding the perfect gifts, planning and preparing a special meal, and decorating for the festivities. So I loved that because I think, you know, being able to sort of live vicariously through your children, it, it does make the holidays a really special time and, and it adds like a whole new layer of what's magical and beautiful. And, you know, looking back at Stacy's piece where she talks about how as the mother, it's on you to set the tone. You're the family mood ring, I think is, is how Absolutely. she put it. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe you can tell us a little bit about how the holidays are different for you as a mother and and how that sort of adds another element of what it means to navigate this time of year as as a woman going through divorce or having been through one. Well, to echo a lot of what she said, the kids really are looking to us or at least feeding off of the energy that we put out there. Mm -hmm. So just as kids learn, how should they react to seeing something scary like a spider or storm coming? They're going to look at us to see, you know, how is mom reacting to this? Is this something that I should be afraid of? Is this something I should be angry about? Or are we going with the flow and we're just going to have a good time and enjoy each other's company? So you will have to kind of recreate some of the old ways that you used to do things. But I think that if they see you sad and fumbling and acting as though something's missing and something's wrong about the way things are, then they're going to pick up on that and sense that. So I say just move forward with the things that are important to you and the things that are meaningful to you during the holidays. And, mm-hmm. you know, be sensitive to the fact that they they may 
you know, have some sad moments thinking about the past and everything, but rather than focusing on what's missing or what's not there, just focus on what you do have and what, what wonderful memories you can make together. I think there's really a lot to be said about finding ways to overcome the challenges that you're faced with. And, you know, there really is this balance between what's the best for your kids and what's the best for you, especially when it comes to your ex. And being able to navigate this holiday season, it's like a a new thing that someone would have to deal with and something to keep in mind. And it's probably not something that you want at the forefront of your mind, but you wrote a really great piece for us called Why My Ex is on My Holiday Gift List. And this actually was from last year, but like I said, I don't think anybody writes about the holidays as well as you do. So it really stood out to us. And and I think, you know, this sort of comes back to that idea of how you – think about what your kids need and and what you're able to identify and, and do for them because of that. So we have another excerpt here from that article that I'm hoping you'll read for us and then All we'll right. come back at it. Okay. I remember being a child and excitedly plotting what to make or save my pennies for to buy for a special loved one. But I also recall how challenging it was to want to exercise generosity, but not have the means to. Children are limited in what they can give by what meager funds they may be able to earn from an allowance or doing chores, or to what supplies they may be able to find to create a handmade gift. I wanted my children to experience the joy of planning and giving a gift to someone they loved, and I was in the best position to help them do something for their dad. I have no expectations of receiving anything in return, not even a thank you, and that's okay. I will feel gratified in knowing that I have been able to set a peaceful and cooperative example for my kids. It's important for them to see that their mom and dad can get along and that even if two people divorce, they can continue to put their children first. So again, like this is just hero stuff, Audrey. I mean, you really you really know how to turn a moment into a lesson and and you know, you can read this whole whole article at the places we mentioned that we're going to link to them. But one of the things that you talked about in this article was helping your kids get a gift together for Father's Day for your ex. And sort of, I, I just loved picturing this moment of your daughter bringing it out to him and how he was sort of like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you talked about it also in this excerpt that it wasn't about getting a thank you. It was about the lesson that your kids were getting from this and the example that you were setting for them and keeping this sort of art of giving and compassion central to your children's holiday experience. So I just love this story. And I think it's, again, like we said, there's a range of realities and you may not be at this point with your ex. And I know you weren't always at this point with your ex. So I think it's it's a nice thing to include. And I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit about what the approach has been like for you and your kids this year when it comes to including your ex in, in the holiday celebrations and how this tradition has grown or continued. Sure. And quite honestly, it's not about me giving a gift to him or him giving me anything in return. Right. I really just want to use this as an opportunity to teach my kids how to be generous, thoughtful people. So I want them to know when they become married one day or they're in relationships, if they're significant others having a birthday or a holiday, like how would they go about planning what they want to get and budgeting for it and coming up with the idea and then feeling the joy of giving someone something special. So that's really why we do this. Mm -hmm. 
so it has just evolved into us having conversations going into each holiday. Like, is there something that you would like to make or get for your dad? And we'll have a conversation about that. So I think that's been nice. I mean, they see that it's just me trying to help them Mm -hmm. because they're kids. They don't have a (laughs) lot of money for gift shopping or anything like that. So if they're going to get something for their dad, it's going to have to be with some help. But I think that they just see that that's a sign that there doesn't have to be animosity between us or anything like that, Mm -hmm. that I encourage them to love their dad. I I want them to love their dad and have a good relationship with their dad. So I do everything that I possibly can to try to cultivate a healthy situation between them, between all of us. I think there's an opportunity here sort of in what you're saying for people who are listening and getting through the holidays, if it's feeling really hard and you're feeling sorry for yourself and sort of what you're, what you're talking about is this isn't about you at all. This gift exchange with your ex, this is about teaching your kids a lesson and letting the holidays be a time of growth for them. So if you feel like this season is sort of a wash for you, refocus your energy into the opportunities that it has for underscoring things about the kinds of people you want your kids to grow up to be. I love what you said about when they're in relationships. I want them to know how to budget and how to think of other people and know what that feeling of making someone happy is. It's uh, sort of like that saying, if you're feeling sorry for yourself, help somebody else and it'll help you feel better. And your kids are ready to be helped, right? (laughs) And and kids love to give presents. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that I can contribute to them feeling excited about gift giving at the holidays. And that's something that maybe they couldn't do without an adult's help. Right. So, okay. One of the things that has also become part of the holiday experience for you and your family is, as you mentioned, sort of blending with your stepkids. And we did a great episode together several months ago about blended families. And you also wrote this really sweet article for us about how your son and your stepson were repelled from one another in the beginning and now they're best friends. And you have one of my favorite blended families, I have to say. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So you guys really are are pros at this. And, you know, we've talked about how you really are are cognizant of what the, the holiday experience is like for all of the members of your blended family And you wrote a great article called Celebrating the Holidays as a Blended Family, where I think, you know, you are taking into consideration all of the different people involved. And and I'm hoping you can read to us a little bit from that piece as well. We were once two separate families in different homes with different family members present. My kids and I were used to conducting our festivities one way, while my husband's children were accustomed to other ways. We have done our best to incorporate the favorite aspects of the holidays that each side of our family appreciates, while acknowledging the fact that some of these methods belong to their other parents. My stepchildren's mother, for instance, is Italian and always prepares lasagna for the holiday meal. That is her special tradition reflecting her heritage. Therefore, it would be inappropriate for me to do the same. We have blended ways that each of our families like to celebrate, but we are careful not to overstep our bounds. They can enjoy lasagna and other things that are unique to the other parts of their family when they are together. So first of all, I want to say how into the lasagna tradition I am. I think that's <laughs> every time you've, you've told us about the lasagna a few times, and I always want lasagna after reading about that. <laughs> but I think, you know, it's so great that you're so considerate of her and her tradition and letting that be special 
for her and her kids and then finding ways to make the holidays special with you. And that's that's exactly what the Transitions and Traditions campaign is all about, finding that happy medium between the old and the new and, and sort of helping things fit to your family and what it looks like today. So what would be your top tips for blended families that that are starting their first holiday season together? Well, I think you do have to understand that there's there's history that both sides of this new family are bringing into the situation. Mm-hmm. So just as my stepkids associate lasagna with Christmas, <laughs> you know, I could make lasagna at Christmas because that's what they expect to eat. But that is their mother's special tradition that she does with them. So I let them you know, look forward to doing that when they get to spend the time with her over the holidays. Mm -hmm. We have found that a way that unites us as a blended family is creating our own traditions. And I tell you, they really look forward to these things every year. They have really latched onto the idea of every year we're going to make a new ornament for the tree Mm -hmm. and every year we're going to do our gingerbread houses. So so those are the things that we look forward to in our home and their mother wouldn't feel the need to replicate that or step into that and and do that in her home. She has her own special things that she does there. We have our special things that we do here. And my kids have special things they do with their father and his family. Mm -hmm. So really, it's just kind of increasing the festiveness of the holiday season with all of these unique traditions and ingredients being thrown together. You know, it goes back to compassion and just being respectful of the different ways that the holidays are getting celebrated in different places and being able to enjoy it and also giving the other people that are a part of your blended family and the extended blended family the space to to make the holidays special for them as well. So I think your approach is just to die for and we're sort of getting ready to end this episode and I think one of the things that is really important to us is just to make sure that our audience knows that we appreciate that this can be a difficult time and that it can also be a time full of possibilities and navigating those two feelings at the same time. It can feel like overwhelming conflict and it can feel, you know, sort of discouraging and it can also feel wonderful. And we have amazing resources on our blog and our different social channels to help make the most out of this time of year. And I want to finish by featuring Laura Lifshitz's article. It's called Seven Ways to Create New Holiday Traditions After Divorce. So this sort of, I think, is the culmination of all of the different things that we've been talking about. And we're not going to go through and read the seven ways. We will make it available at worthy.com slash podcast on our social channels, all the different places that you love Worthy. But we will read one final excerpt. So Laura says, Even if you don't have your kids, they're watching you before they walk off to the other parent's home. So you've got to shake off the holiday blues and make different memories and traditions that they will love and so will you. Or in other words, your divorce is not a death sentence. It just means some adjustments have to be made for you to find a new happy normal. There are some holly jolly ways to create new traditions at the holidays after divorce. And that is true. I mean, I think 
the holidays, there's so much pressure. Every commercial, every song playing in the store, Starbucks, like every everywhere you look, it's holidays and everything is happy, happy and perfect and beautiful. And it's a lot of pressure and you can just ignore it because <laughs> you get to write your own story. And even if you're not fitting into the mold of what we're, we're told to believe the perfect holiday experience is, you get to decide what works for you and what works for your family. And the holidays are, are really up to you. Yeah, I think that you just have to feel comfortable in saying that, okay, maybe this year we're just not going to do it this certain way or I'm just mm-hmm. not up to certain things and, and that's okay. Sometimes when it comes to kids, you may have to fake it a little bit, just kind of uh, right. smile your way through for their sake just so that they can still have a good holiday experience. But mm-hmm. Sadly, the holidays are kind of a lonely time for a lot of people. We're always remembering back to other holidays in the past and people who may not be a part of our life anymore. And so it just puts so much pressure on us to feel this just sense of joyous perfection that just may Mm -hmm. not be possible. And you just kind of have to let yourself go with the flow sometimes. Right. On Thanksgiving, we saw some really amazing threads in our Facebook group of women who were spending their first Thanksgiving without their kids. The kids were with dad and sort of what that adjustment was like for them. And even if you're feeling lonely, you're not alone. And we work really hard to bring you a community that's going to be uplifting and help empower you while you're feeling down or sad because those are real feelings that you're certainly entitled to feel. Some of the other things that We've done it worthy this year for women like you. We had a great piece that Dina Landon wrote for us that featured holiday recipes from our contributors. The article's up. We'll definitely link to it. And there's like a hot chocolate recipe. Oh, there's there are a, some good ones. There's a, yeah. So the recipes are in the article. And Dina was so cute. She made the recipes with her son. She like went out and got all the ingredients. <laughs> and so there's pictures of it in the article. It's really, really cute. And of course, we've also got our Transitions and Traditions campaign, which is an opportunity for you to win $500 to Amazon. And you can enter through December 17th. And we're going to do what we can to make your holidays just a little bit sweeter. And then the last thing that we wanted to include was this piece that Stacey Freeman helped us with. We asked in our Facebook group what kinds of things women wanted to help them embrace reinvention at this time of their life. And we got amazing answers. And the big theme that came out of this was self-care. I think it's a great place to end the episode because we talked so much about our kids and we talked about exes and sort of what you owe to other people during this holiday season. And the shift from 2018 to 2019, it's, you know, it's a fresh start for the calendar and you're experiencing your fresh start right now and being able to sort of take a moment and think about what kinds of things you need and what you want. We encourage that all year long and hearing back from our audience that that's sort of where they're at was so refreshing and so encouraging. We heard a lot about yoga classes, vacations with kids, meeting with a financial advisor, getting that financial fresh start, having a chef come and prep the meals in your kitchen for you, and a lot of different spa days. <laughs> so that was – and Audrey, what what would be your 
holiday wish for yourself? If you could give yourself any gift, what would you give yourself? I know those women are are just right on with their ideas yeah. because we are so good at putting ourselves on the back burner mm-hmm. that a lot of times to think of a gift for myself, what for me, you know, that's just, just is, doesn't feel natural, but you know, a lot of people looking for yoga and pampering and mm-hmm. things like that. And I say, you know, do it if that's what's going to help keep you, your batteries recharged and your energy up and everything so that you can keep being superwoman, then, you know, by all means. Yeah. So I just loved that. And I guess we'll close out the episode by thanking you for joining us, Audrey. And to all of you who are listening, we wish you the happiest of holidays. And we hope that you find some time to appreciate yourself and give yourself that extra little bit of love and care that you need this holiday season. And to just remind you that no matter what your holidays look like, you're exactly where you need to be and you are writing your story and you get to decide what next holidays will be like for you too. So thank you again, Audrey. Thank you and happy holidays. Thanks again to Audrey for joining us and to all of you for listening. Before this episode ends, we wanted to remind you guys to join our Facebook group, Worthy Women in Divorce. We are so blown away by the conversations going on in this group, and we want to make sure you're a part of what's shaping the topics that we feature here on the podcast. It's a great way to interact with our blog and learn more about our platform, so we hope to see you there soon. Don't forget to take our transitions and traditions quiz so you can be entered to win $500 to Amazon. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle in your feed weekly. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. Thanks for listening to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy dedicated to celebrating women like you as you embrace a new beginning after divorce, separation, or whatever. Worthy is an online auction platform designed to help you sell valuable items like an engagement ring or a wedding set. When you decide to send your ring in, we pay for the shipping and insurance to ensure that it arrives safely to our New York office. Once we receive the ring, we have it professionally graded and photographed, which helps it sell competitively in our buyer network. One of the best parts of working with Worthy is that you get to set the minimum on your item. After the grading, our gemologists will give you a recommended selling minimum, but at the end of the day, you get to decide how much you want to sell the ring for. If the highest bid comes in below that threshold and you decide not to accept it, we'll send you your ring back and we'll even cover the costs of the insured shipping again. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Are you ready to embrace your fresh start? Us too. Go to worthy.com podcast to learn more.